Coming up on Locked on Dodgers, the Trevor Bauer appeal has been decided, and we probably have more questions and answers at this point. We're going to talk about the news itself, what it means financially for the Dodgers, and what's next for the Dodgers and Bauer as a partnership. That's what's on tap, so let's get Locked on Dodgers. You are Locked on Dodgers, your daily Los Angeles Dodgers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, Dodger fans. This is Locked On Dodgers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you for making Locked On Dodgers your first listen every weekday morning. Remember, this show is free and available on all podcast platforms and on YouTube simply by searching for Locked on Dodgers. Or even better, go ahead and subscribe wherever you're watching or listening right now, and then you will never miss a day because you know we're not going to. If this is your first time with us, my name is Jeff Snyder. My co-host is Vince Samperio, although it's just me today. Uh, Vince and I are both lifelong Dodger fans, just like you are. We've also both spent time covering the Dodgers in the press box and the locker room. So we're not quite insiders, but we bring you the smart fans perspective on our boys in blue every weekday morning. Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts. And as I mentioned at the top, the Trevor Bauer news came down, and that is all there is to talk about, really. There's so many different things that go into this. Uh, quick summary, as you recall, uh, a year and a half ago, Trevor Bauer was placed on administrative leave by Major League Baseball after accusations that he had sexually assaulted a woman. Um, and I, I guess I should put a, a trigger warning here at the beginning. We're going to be talking about Trevor Bauer this whole episode. We're going to be talking about sexual assault allegations. We're not going to go into graphic detail, uh, but just be aware that that's what this this episode is about. Uh, I will try to be as respectful and uh, careful as I can be uh, given the circumstances. So hopefully I'll do okay. But yeah, so Bauer was placed on administrative leave when the sexual assault allegations came down a year and a half ago. Back in April, he was finally actually suspended by Major League Baseball for two full seasons, 324 games, which at the time meant that he was done with the Dodgers because there was just under two years left on his contract with the Dodgers. But Bauer, of course, immediately appealed, and the appeal has been going for these last eight months or whatever. And the decision was handed down on Thursday, and his suspension was reduced to 194 games, which is essentially time served. You know, he he missed the last 144 games of the of the season in 2022 under suspension. He missed the whole season, but he was suspended for the last 144 games, which for practical purposes means he wasn't being paid for those 144 games. So he is being suspended for those 144 games plus 50 games of his administrative leave um, when he was getting paid. And instead of him paying back to the Dodgers for what he was getting paid during that time, he will just not be paid for the first 50 games of the 2023 season. So uh, it, it's complicated and, and crazy, but essentially what it means is that Bauer is now eligible to play in Major League Baseball immediately. Uh, as soon as the season starts, he he's, he's free to play. And uh, the Dodgers instead of being on the hook for $32 million to him next season are on the hook for just over $23 million, uh, basically 112 games worth of his salary instead of the full 162. 
that's the that's the technicalities of what happened. This is such a polarizing subject. I am not an attorney. I don't play one on TV. And unlike a lot of people on social media, I don't play one on social media either. I am a, I'm a smart guy. I am good at reading. Uh, and I actually enjoy reading legal documents somewhat when, when it's something I'm interested in. Um, I think I have a pretty good grasp on certain things. But again, I'm not an attorney. I don't, I don't know everything. Uh, and, and mostly my main, my main opinion on all this Trevor Bauer stuff is that none of us know what happened in the room between Trevor Bauer and his accuser. And, and maybe we should say accusers because there are at least three accusers. There's one in this case, the one in California, but there were also, there's one in Columbus, Ohio, one in Cleveland, Ohio, uh, who accused Bauer of things. Two of those three testified at his appeal hearing that lasted several months. There were at least 22 witnesses called, according to an article in the Washington Post. Uh, it was basically like a trial, except totally in secret. Um, and tons of witnesses called. One of the one of his previous accusers didn't want to testify. She decided she was done with it, um, with the process. She didn't like how it was going, so she didn't testify at his appeal hearing. The other two did. And uh, in the end, the arbitrator decided that a suspension was warranted, but not a full two-year suspension. To me, that it's kind of an interesting decision, simply because the the domestic violence sexual assault policy that Major League Baseball and the union have together uh, gives Commissioner Manfred pretty broad latitude on sentencing. Once they've decided some, the violation took place, uh, it, there aren't really any guidelines laid out uh, in terms of sentencing, how long the suspensions could be. And obviously in all these things, we deal with precedent, but Bauer's situation is in almost every way unprecedented. Uh, a, he's the first person ever to appeal a suspension under this policy. Every other person suspended under this, under this policy has agreed to accept the suspension uh, and Major League Baseball has knocked some time off the suspension in exchange. That's how it's happened every time. It didn't happen this time. Rob Manfred and Trevor Bauer hate each other. Uh, and obviously Bauer is passionate about proclaiming his innocence. He wasn't going to accept a suspension. He appealed. So it's unprecedented that way. He's also, Bauer's also the first person accused of sexual assault under this policy. Uh, everybody else, it's been domestic violence. There has never been a case of child abuse, which is the third thing covered by this, this policy. And this is the first case of sexual assault. And so it really is unprecedented. And so Manfred, I think his thought was, well, it's unprecedented. So I can I can do whatever suspension I want. And maybe it's a case of him shooting too far. Um, but the fact is, the arbitrator did determine that a suspension was warranted. And I'm not surprised about that because Bauer essentially admitted in his, his uh, uh, restraining order hearing, uh, he was accused during that hearing of doing things to his accuser sexually while she was unconscious. And he didn't deny those things in the hearing. And according to the letter of the law in ba Major League Baseball's sexual assault policy, that is the definition of sexual assault. And the, the, the crazy thing is how passionately people feel about this without really, 
without knowing any more than I do what actually happened in the room. I don't have any idea if Bauer's accuser orchestrated all of this to, to try to set him up. You know, I, I, I don't have any idea. I don't have any idea if it was just, you know, uh, c- consensual rough sex that went farther than she wanted it to. Maybe. I don't know. Um, but what I'm relatively confident about is that Bauer did violate Major League Baseball's sexual assault policy. Uh, even if he didn't do what any of you would consider sexual assault because it was consensual, according to the policy and according to California state law, consent is impossible while a person's unconscious. Even if they consented before they became unconscious and said, I want you to do these things to me while I'm unconscious, it's that's illegal. And more importantly for this discussion, it's a, a violation of the policy. It is the definition of sexual assault. And so I think that probably played pretty heavily into the decision to say, yeah, a suspension was warranted, but not the full suspension. So Bauer's suspension was chopped by about 40%. And now uh, then we get into all the baseball questions. And that's what we're going to talk about in a second when I come back. Our next segment, we're going to talk about the financial ramifications for the Dodgers uh, while acknowledging that uh, the the human considerations are always more important. But this is a Dodgers podcast and the only reason I'm talking about Trevor Bauer at all is because it affects the Dodgers. So we're going to come back in a second and talk about the financial ramifications for the Dodgers. So thank you for making Locked On Dodgers your first listen, and please keep it Locked On Dodgers. This episode is brought to you by the NHTSA. Did you know that driving high is considered driving under the influence? That's right. Driving under the influence of marijuana is against the law in every state, even in states where marijuana is legal. That means driving high could get you a DUI. And if you think law enforcement officers can't tell when you're driving high, you're wrong. Your friends can tell, your coworkers can tell, even your parents can tell. Everyone can tell. So what makes you think that law enforcement officers don't know when you're driving high? Driving under the influence of marijuana can slow your response time and change how you perceive time and speed. So even if you don't, even if you think you're fine to drive when you're high, you're not. The bottom line is if you feel different, you drive different. And driving high is driving under the influence. So remember, drive high, get a DUI paid for by the NHTSA. I am back. I want to thank you again for making Locked On Dodgers your first listen every weekday morning. For your second listen today, when you're done with this, check out Locked On Sports Today, the biggest stories around the sports world in 20 minutes or less, plus instant reactions, game recaps, and Locked On's take of the day. Locked On Sports Today, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Uh, Yeah, it it sucks. This is our last episode before Christmas. Merry Christmas, everybody. Uh, It's kind of a bummer. I had planned, I knew that Vince wasn't going to be available. He's dealing with a family matter, unfortunately. And uh, I had planned on doing a Christmas themed episode here, just something fun and jolly. Um, But instead, we're talking about Trevor Bauer. And I want to say, I know that people have passionate feelings about this. I know there are people who uh, feel very, very passionately that Trevor Bauer is a, is a monster. And I know there are people who f- feel very, very passionately that Trevor Bauer was railroaded here. And l- like I said, I don't know what the truth is. Um, I, I think it's funny, but not ha ha funny how this has become kind of a politicized thing. Um, you, you can almost guess based on someone's political leanings where they're going to fall on the Trevor Bauer, uh, allegations. And, uh, I, I think it's important that we remember that these are real people. Uh, everyone involved in this is a real person who has parents who love them. Um, that that's kind of how I humanize people 
who, uh, you know, you've heard me say it before, I'm sure his mom likes him. Um, that that's, that's true with Trevor Bauer. It's true with his accusers. And, uh, as a, as a dad, <laughs> a father of an adult, young adult daughter, uh, you know, I have feelings in one way. And as, you know, I, I don't have any idea what the truth is. Um, and I wish that more people had the humility to admit that they also don't know what the truth is. Uh, it's when, when, if you don't know Trevor Bauer, don't tie your identity too much to him. Don't, don't defend him too vigorously and not just Trevor Bauer, anybody else, whether it's a, a politician, whoever your favorite politician is, remember to become a famous politician, they're probably kind of a slime ball, uh, at least in some ways. Don't tie your identity to that. Tie your identity to things that you can control uh, because otherwise you are at risk of being embarrassed or even worse, putting yourself in a position where you have to defend behavior that you don't like because you've tied your identity to somebody. And, uh, you know, this is not a political podcast at all. Uh, and I'm not saying... That's why I haven't named a single politician, because honestly, I think it applies to the vast majority of politicians in the United States right now. They all have things that if you are devoted to them individually, there's things that are going to embarrass you because most of them to get where they are, they've done slimy things. Um, professional athletes are no different. And, you know, baseball players are famous for kind of being scuzzballs sometimes, some of them, not all of them. I believe some of them are really good people, um, but, you know, don't tie your identity too much to them. So with that said, um, the Dodgers now are in a position where they have to decide what to do. They have two weeks to decide what they're going to do about Trevor Bauer. And uh, I'm going to talk about the specifics of what they might do in the last segment, but in this segment, we're going to talk about the financial ramifications because no matter what the Dodgers do, they have to pay Trevor Bauer now. Uh, the only thing that could get them out of that is if they traded him to a team that agreed to take on his entire salary. That's not going to happen. Uh, even if they work out a trade, they're going to have to pay down some and probably the vast majority of Bauer's salary. Bauer is due $32.5 no, $32 million in. 2023 and his uh luxury tax number is 34 million because that's the average annual value of his three-year contract and so uh this 50 game knockoff puts his actual salary down around 22 million dollars and his luxury tax salary down around 23 and a half million dollars which puts their overall the dodgers overall luxury tax number just over 232 million. And you remember the bottom luxury tax number is 233 million. So they're like a little over half a million dollars away from that number. And so, you know, that, that could mean that the Dodgers are done spending money this off season because they want to stay under the luxury tax. Problem with that is you can't really get it down to the dollar like that because you have, uh, you, you have arbitration. Included in that $232.3 million estimated luxury tax payroll is estimates on the nine players the Dodgers have going to salary arbitration. If one of those guys gets more than he's projected to, 
then suddenly uh, that puts the Dodgers over. If three of them get a little more than they're projected to, it puts them over. If a few of them get less than they're projected, that gives them a little more wiggle room. There's also bonuses. You know, se- several of the players, we know Noah Syndergaard has up to a million dollars in bonuses. If Syndergaard hits his bonuses, uh, actually, maybe it's a million and a half, one and a half million bucks. If he even hits, so that means if Noah Syndergaard pitches 150 innings next, next year, the Dodgers will be in the luxury tax if everything else stays the same. And so you can't get things right down to the penny because of all those different things. And so, you know, I saw somebody say, well, it's quite a coincidence that uh, that this Bauer suspension puts the Dodgers just below the luxury tax. And to that, I say, yeah, I think it's a coincidence. You know, that that this is a legitimate court hearing, arbitration hearing with a legitimate arbitrator. Nobody is making these decisions based on what they think the Dodgers want to do with their payroll. And there's no reason to think that the Dodgers had any idea what the ruling was going to be ahead of time. It's just a coincidence right now. Yeah. The numbers line up, but the Dodgers probably aren't spending done spending anyway. And so it's kind of silly if they can work out a trade. And and the reason a team might trade for Bauer, if there are teams, like there was a report that the pirates might be interested in Bauer if he becomes available and the pirates might be interested in trading for Bauer because if the Dodgers release Bauer and he becomes a free agent, uh, then he can sign wherever he wants. And uh, a lot of pitchers might not be interested in signing with the Pirates because the Pirates are bad at baseball. Uh, So Bauer might not choose the Pirates, whereas if the Dodgers trade him, he has no say in where he goes. And so the Pirates might be interested in capitalizing on that before Bauer has any say in it, they might be interested in doing a trade. And the Dodgers, you know, maybe they could get some of that down of the 32 million or the 20, sorry, the 22 million that they owe him. Maybe they get the Pirates to pick up five, six million of it, uh, maybe. And that gives them a little more wiggle room on the luxury tax. Uh, it, it's hard for me to picture at this point. And, and I, I put out a poll on our, our uh, Locked on Dodgers Twitter account asking what people think uh, the Dodgers should do about Bauer. And uh, the the results were kind of split. It was basically just over 50% said, play him, keep him on the team, play him. The other 50% was uh, the other 49-ish percent was split between release him or try to trade him. Uh, And I think the the opinion it's kind of interesting because the in a poll the opinion is really close. If you look at the comments, the the pro Bauer comments are a lot more vocal than the anti Bauer comments. I think at least what I've seen, uh, there's a lot more people willing to say something. Whether it's you know, uh, well you have to pay him anyway, you might as well get some use out of him, or he was railroaded, he didn't do anything wrong, he was exonerated in court. Uh, which he wasn't. He wasn't exonerated in court. He wasn't charged. Uh, the 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 I, I don't know. I can never remember the phrase. Restraining order hearing didn't prove him innocent. Uh, it proved that uh, there wasn't cause for a restraining order, which is a different thing. The uh, Pasadena, or you know, the the them not pressing charges against him, actually uh, taking him to trial, arresting him doesn't prove that he's innocent. It proves that they weren't confident that they could win in court and prosecutors care about their win loss record. 
And so they're not going to take on a case they're not sure they they can win, or at least reasonably sure. So all, all these things, you know, it doesn't mean he didn't do it. it doesn't mean he did either. Um, and there's so many things. But for me, it's hard to see the Dodgers playing Bauer simply because uh, whatever percentage of fans it is who would revolt if the Dodgers keep Bauer, those fans are less likely to come back. Uh, and even if it's only 10%, uh, you know, Twitter isn't real life as we constantly have to remind ourselves. And even though it's 50, 50 on Twitter, if it's closer to 10 90 in real life, well, still that 10%, that's real money that the Dodgers are going to lose. If those fans don't come back, the other fans, the fans who believe that Trevor Bauer is being railroaded and who would be upset if the Dodgers release him or trade him. Well, the Dodgers can win them back by winning. Uh, because most of those people, they want Trevor Bauer on the team because they think it can help the Dodgers win. And so if the Dodgers win the World Series in 2023, nobody is going to be upset that Trevor Bauer wasn't a part of it. And by nobody, I'm sure there's some people. Um, but, you know, for the most part, we just want to win. Uh, and, and so I think, I think for that reason, I think the Dodgers are probably going to get rid of Bauer one way or the other. They have until January 6th to... Uh, to make that decision. So I'm going to come back in a minute and I'm going to talk a little bit about that, what the future is for the Dodgers and for Bauer. So thank you again for making Locked On Dodgers your first listen every weekday morning. And please continue to keep it Locked On Dodgers. I am back for one more segment. Thank you again for making Locked On Dodgers your first listen. I really appreciate it. If you're watching on YouTube, love to hear your comments below. Uh, I hope that in the comments we will, you know, I know it's YouTube comments and I can't expect total civility or even for people to have really listened to what I've said. Um, but like, I, I'm not interested in whether you think Bauer is innocent or guilty. Honestly, um, I, I don't begrudge you those opinions. I don't want the YouTube comments to turn into a fight about that, uh, which is what I know would happen. So in my perfect world, the comments on YouTube would be about the, the content of this episode, you know, uh, you know, about the financial ramification for the Dodgers, even what you think the Dodgers should do. Um, but you know, the, I also know YouTube comments are going to go where they go and, uh, I'll just ignore the ones I don't like, but I, I do love hearing from you guys. Love to hear from you on social media. If you're listening to this on the podcast instead, I'll give you all the contact info at the end. Um, but yeah, so like I said, before I went to break, I don't think he's going to play for the Dodgers again. And, uh, there was a little part of me about a year and a half ago, uh, Bauer on his Twitter profile, he put his name, uh, in Japanese next to his name in English. And that got me thinking about playing in Japan. And, and I wonder if there was a loophole there. And I actually reached out to an agent I know who actually has had several players playing in Japan to find out, I assumed that Major League Baseball was aware of the loophole because here's how it goes. You remember in 2021, the Angels released Albert Pujols and the Dodgers signed him. And that meant the Angels were on the hook for all of Pujols' salary except for the little tiny bit that the Dodgers paid. The Dodgers paid Pujols a prorated portion of the Major League minimum. So they paid him like 400000 bucks. The Angels paid him the other $30 bucks or whatever it was. And uh, that's why Pujols was so valuable valuable to the Dodgers that year because they weren't paying him anything. Uh, so even though he wasn't great, he was good enough to be worth the major league minimum. And, and so that's what they were paying him. 
And that's the way this works. If the Dodgers release Trevor Bauer, they are on the hook for the entire $22 million uh, minus whatever, you know, basically the major league minimum if another team signs him. So the Dodgers would be on the hook for $21.3 million instead of $22 million. Uh, and, and that their luxury tax number goes down a little bit, uh, but, but it's just the, the prorated. And in this case, there probably wouldn't be prorating because Bauer would probably sign and play the whole season. So it would be the major league minimum for whoever he signs for. And I started wondering, but what if he went to Japan? So say the Dodgers release him and they're on the hook for 22 million bucks. And then he signs in Japan with a team for $10 million. Um, since it's in a different league, does that offset the Dodgers? Uh, and so I reached out to this agent friend of mine and yeah, it does. Major League Baseball and MPB in Japan have an agreement. They, they, aren't the same league, but they are a partnership basically. And so if a team in Japan signed Trevor Bauer, whatever they signed him for would come out of what the Dodgers owe him, um, which, which means he's not going to go to Japan. The only reason I had that thought was if there was a loophole that Bauer could get the 22 million bucks from the Dodgers plus 10 million bucks from somebody, uh, some other team, then, uh, he he might do that be, because as it is playing in Major League Baseball, he is capped at $22 million. No matter how much the team he signs with wants to pay him, uh, that just comes out of the $22 million the Dodgers are paying him, whatever they pay. That's why it's always going to be the league minimum. And, and so Bauer's going to get his $22 million, And even if he went to Japan, he would still be capped at the $22 million, So he's not going to go to Japan unless there's no Major League team that wants him. And I assume there will be somebody. Uh, other thoughts that I had while I was thinking about this, you know, the Dodgers have until January 6th, two weeks to decide whether to put him on the roster. Their 40 man roster is currently full. And so this isn't just a, do we want Trevor Bauer? It's do we want Trevor Bauer enough to kick somebody else off our roster? And uh, there are guys there's, you know, there's Jake Reed. There's, there's other guys who they could make a case for booting off. And, you know, they might have to do that at some point anyway, if they sign somebody else or, trade for somebody, you know, uh, there are people, they could make room for Trevor Bauer, but the fact that the 40 man roster is full right now, it's, it's an interesting thing because it's more than just, it's like the old, uh, railroad dilemma where you have, uh, you have one person on the train tracks over here and 50 people on the train tracks over here and a train is coming and it's going towards the 50 people. And you can flip a switch and make it just go to the one. And people don't do that because it, it's that I'm responsible for thing. If I flip the switch, I have caused the death of one person. Whereas if I don't flip the switch, the 50 people dying wasn't my fault. And uh, I, I think it's kind of the same thing. The same principle could apply here. It's one thing to say, sure, Trevor Bauer, come on back. But it's another thing to say, sorry, Jake Reed, you nice, wholesome guy you don't have a job anymore because Trevor Bauer is coming back. And so maybe there will be some of that there. Um, the, Oh, the, I also had a question in my email that I wanted to touch on. I maybe should have done this last segment because uh, a guy named Ken Rosenberg, who is a loyal listener. Uh, he emails us uh, somewhat frequently. He, that's his chosen form of communication. And I appreciate it. I love getting emails from you guys at lockedondodgers at gmail.com. Uh, and he said, please explain how the luxury tax payroll is calculated. In particular, is it based on averaging each player's salary over the season and then adding up all the players on the roster, including the injured list for each day of the season? 
So if the Dodgers are going to be $1 million over the luxury tax threshold, can they cut a $2 million player at the midpoint of the season and replace him with a minimum wage player to get under the threshold? Uh, and can I appreciate your question? And yeah, basically that's how it works. Although your last question, the minimum salary is 700,000. And so even if the Dodgers replaced a 2 million guy with a 700,000 guy, that only gets them down to 1.2 million instead of 1 million. Um, because you'd have the 350,000 of the one guy and the, the million, you know, uh, whatever one in 1.3 million. Um, but yeah, the, the way luxury taxes calculated is everybody on the 40 man roster gets paid something. And, and it's basically, it's really everything you pay to these people, guys on multi-year contracts, the, the luxury tax number for them is the average annual value of their contract. That's why, like I said earlier, Trevor Bauer's number is 34 million for luxury tax purposes, even though his 2023 salary is 32 million. Um, but because it's signed a three year, $104 million contract, that's the difference there. Um, so he's worth 34 million on the luxury tax payroll. Everybody on a multi-year contract has that same thing. Otherwise, yeah, you know, if Miguel Vargas is making the league minimum and he's on the the roster the whole year, uh, then he's he counts 700,000, whatever the major league minimum is now, uh, towards the the luxury tax. If Vargas spends some time in the minors, it's a prorated thing. It's it's he's not being paid major league pay there. He's pay, being paid in minor league pay. And it goes towards so so his eighty five thousand a year or whatever he's making, and it's uh, on a daily thing. When a when a guy makes, uh, say a guy makes seven hundred and thirty thousand dollars, no, no, because it's split up over one hundred eighty day season. So say a guy, what's a multiple of one hundred eighty that would actually be a realistic salary? Let's do nine hundred thousand dollars. Say a guy makes nine hundred thousand dollars a year. What he actually makes is. $5,000 a day uh, because 5,000 times 180 where there's 100 days, 180 days in the season is 900,000. So he makes $5,000 a day. And so every day that he's in the major leagues, he counts $5,000 towards the luxury tax and all of those things add up. And then you also throw in there's benefits and stuff. It's about $15 million that every team pays plus every team pays uh, a couple million dollars towards the uh the pre-arbitration bonus pool and you add all those things up and, and that's where it comes it's like the dodgers actual payroll won't it right now it's at 232 million or whatever it's actually around 200 million but there's these other things that add up and go into it uh but yeah that's how it's calculated and so yeah if if the dodgers traded uh a let's say mookie bets mookie bets is making 30 what's he making 36 million dollars this year uh, if the Dodgers traded him at midseason, he would only count $18 million towards their payroll if they traded him right after the 81st game of the season. It's all prorated. Uh, obviously, the Dodgers aren't going to trade Mookie, and they don't really have any high-paid players who they're likely to trade. But, yeah, that's how it works. You pay the guys who are on your roster. The one exception is if you release a guy, you have to pay him anyway, and that counts towards your luxury tax. Uh, so releasing Bauer, getting him off the roster wouldn't help any as far as luxury tax goes. Uh, so thank you again for that question. I hope that made sense. Um, and I think that's mostly what I, you know, there, there's so much garbage about this and, and I much rather talk about baseball than about legal proceedings and, and calculating luxury tax stuff. Uh, and especially on our last episode before Christmas, I would have much rather talked about baseball and Christmas and wonderful, happy things. 
Uh, but I had to talk about Trevor Bauer and I hope it was okay. Uh, I do hope you all have a wonderful Christmas. Uh, you know, if you're celebrating Hanukkah right now, I hope that's going great for you. If you don't celebrate anything, I hope you're just enjoying the season, whatever it is. I hope you're happy and having a good time and that life is good for you. And I hope that all of us can be friends. Even if we disagree on the Bauer thing, remember the things that tie us together, like being human beings and being Dodger fans are much stronger than the things that separate us like political differences or differences of opinion on the sex lives of strangers. So that's all I have to say about that. Thank you again for making Locked On Dodgers your first listen every weekday morning. Now for your second listen, check out Locked On Sports Today. Peter Bukowski brings you, brings you the biggest stories from around the sports world in 20 minutes. Get the analysis and opinions before anyone else with our local and national experts and insiders. Locked On Sports Today podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. If you're not watching or listening to Locked On Dodgers every day, we'd love if you had one or two days a month to your rotation. If you, uh, if you have friends or family who love the Dodgers, please tell them about the show. Maybe they'll like it too. Uh, you can follow us on Instagram and on Twitter at Locked On Dodgers. Vince is on Twitter at Vince Semperio. I am on Twitter at Snydog, S-N-I-D-O-G, and the DMs are open in all of those places. Our email address is LockedOnDodgers at gmail.com, and our phone number for voicemails or text messages is 323-863-LOCK-5625. We are here every weekday morning, and we hope you'll be here with us. When you get in your car or sit on your couch, tell your smart device to play podcast Locked On Dodgers. And remember, you don't have to agree. You just have to listen. We'll talk to you on Monday. Merry Christmas.